everybody, and welcome inside the What You Need to Know podcast. I am Tyson Ewing, play-by-play voice of Utah women's basketball, and joined by my radio analyst, Miley Ender. This is the What You Need to Know podcast that focuses on all things University of Utah women's basketball. We'll take an in-depth look at what's going on in the program. All right, we now have quite a few already done as we have had great players come on and discuss what they're doing in the offseason, discuss their lives a little bit. We've had so many wonderful opportunities to get to know players. And Miley, we're only in the middle of it as today we get a chance to welcome to the podcast straight out of Australia, even though she's not really in Australia, she's back in Salt Lake City, Kelsey Reese. Who Miley, she had quite a fun season this year. Started out on the bench really all season long, but then when injuries kicked in and her performance stepped up, she earned herself a starting role throughout the rest of the season. Yeah, like you said, Kelsey played in 31 games, making 17 starts all towards the end of the season. She averaged just 19 minutes a game, but like you said, towards the end of the season, she was basically playing almost the whole game over 30 minutes towards the end. And she was really an important piece of Utah's team this past season. As injuries sparked the Utah team, Kelsey was the lone big and was a dominant force down low towards the end of the season. Can't wait to ask her about that. So let's not waste any more time. Welcome on to today's episode, Kelsey Reese. Kelsey, how are you? I'm good. How are you? Doing great. Thank you. Miley and myself are super excited to welcome you on to the podcast to allow us to get to know you better, but also to allow Utah fans to get to be, uh, to get to know you better. Are you excited for that? Oh, I'm so excited to be here. Well, let's go ahead, jump right into it, and start with the question we've been asking everybody right out of the gates, and that is: Last year was a tremendous season for you guys. Uh, you had some terrific highs, some things that had never happened at the University of Utah. As you look back to last year. Um, what's kind of some things that stood out to you as your favorite memories that you'll forever remember from the 2021-22 season? Well, obviously the main one is March Madness. Like coming off last year uh, where we didn't have such a great year and then this year to end it all with going to the tournament, going to what everyone really plays uh, to get into, it was crazy. Um, One of my favorite games was definitely the Oregon game in the Pac-12 tournament. Everyone was just... We just went into the game with the mentality like we're going to win this. And I had like the feeling in the locker room was we're winning this, we're winning this, we're winning this, even though they just beat us twice during regular season. And then like coming out of that game, the last couple of minutes, it was close. And then just getting up and getting that win um, was crazy and a lot of fun. So obviously you weren't playing that many minutes at the start of the season or your minutes kind of fluctuated until Andy went down and then some injuries kind of sparked the team what was your mindset kind of coming in and when you started to get more minutes and it was especially during that first Oregon game when you came in and Peyton went down early how did you adjust I guess coming not having many minutes to then almost playing like full games of 30 40 minutes yeah so well throughout training and like the whole season even before I started getting minutes I tried to train the same way And like, it's not the easiest thing to do, especially when you're not playing a lot, but just having that mentality to come into training every day and every day, try and get better and try and train better and try and like really prove yourself. And then I was lucky because I was ready when I got the opportunity. And then Andy went down and then later, as you said, Peyton went down in that Oregon game. And I knew that looking down the bench, it was, I was the tallest one left. I was 
one of the only tools left. Um, and I just had to come in and really compete against those girls. And luckily for me, I have that international experience. So competing against those like real good bigs is something I've done before. And that really helped me being able to like get on the court and compete against those bigs and just really try and play hard, like focus on the defense, focus on the things I could control. And yeah, just play hard. To build on that a little bit, I'm really curious to get your thought on this. Um, looking at the final, so I'm now looking at the final five games uh, that you played. It started with the Washington State game, Oregon, Stanford, Arkansas, and Texas. In those games, you played no fewer than 28 minutes. What I want to know from you is maybe it's a mindset change. I'm not quite sure, but knowing that you had to play heavy minutes once Peyton went down in the Pac-12 tournament, how were you able to um, to play smart basketball. What I mean by that is understand your value to where you know that you were basically the only big left on the team um, once that Washington State game came around. How were you able to play smart basketball, not get yourself into foul trouble, to stay on the floor to help your team to compete in those final five games specifically? Well, I think the main thing is just that confidence. You just have to be like knowing I was the only big out there. I was all about having the confidence to do what I needed to do and kind of take on a few more roles. Because throughout the season, Peyton had really been our go-to scoring inside. Without her, I knew I needed to step on up in that area. So it was having the confidence to drive a little more, to take those shots. And on defense, as you said, foul trouble, you have to play spot basketball. And I think that's something I'd gotten really good at at training. I'd, instead of like, you know what, training sometimes you just go in and they don't really call fouls at training. So you can go a little, not even harder. You can just play a little more dirty. And just in training, playing straight up D, making sure I like move my feet right. I'd been really working on moving my feet left to right and like staying in front of people and just keeping my hands up high and um, trying to block shots without trying to get myself fouled out. Speaking of you driving a little more, did you feel a difference between the regular season and then when postseason hit, especially in the conference tournament, going into March Madness, where you started driving a little more, and that's something we really didn't see. But you were very confident going to do the handoff, and then you would fake it and continue to drive yourself. Did you was that purposeful? Did you realize that you were doing that more? I think I'd done it like, as you said, not much in regular season, like once or twice. So I knew I could do it, and then it was a kind of like a mindset shift. It was like, oh, like. I'm playing big minutes now. Let me just see if I could drive this one. And I got it a couple of times. I made some good moves. And then I was like, oh, why not try it again? Like, she's still in the same position. And yeah, I think that was just a little bit of that mindset. Like, oh, I can do this. Like, I did a couple against some really good opponents. And then I was like, oh, why not try this against the next person? Like, until it stops working, I'm going to keep trying to go back to it. So kind of along those same lines obviously you have the ability to drive to the basket which we saw um like she said towards the end of the season but i know that you have the ability to knock down the three you may have only shot one of 16 throughout the season i know that shot's there i'm gonna be frank teams didn't respect you a lot of the times when you were behind that three-point line what do you feel you can do to kind of find that shot again that i know is there because i've seen it what do you feel you can do to kind of get that shot back to where teams are going to have to start respecting you better from beyond the arc? Yeah. Um, yeah. As you said, I am confident that I can shoot, but throughout the season, I didn't really show that. And then in games, it was like, 
I was like, ooh, maybe, maybe not this one, you know? Um, but I think during this off season, I've really been working on um, shooting more in practices and then like fake game scenarios. So just instead of getting shots up just in the gym by yourself, which is a really good thing to do and something you need to do. I think for me, it was more about having that confidence in a game to be like, oh, okay, I'm open. This is my shot. Like, let me hit it. And it's about like seeing the makes go through the net in a game scenario as opposed to just, you know, by yourself. So I'm really working to gain the confidence in that because I think that will really help me this season because um, then I can go back to the driving of the handoffs like I really like to do if they're able to respect me from the, on the beyond the arc and like take that step out so it makes it easier. So, yeah, just really working on that shot. That's one of the main focuses for this offseason. So. Justin, you know, I was one of the biggest advocates for you to, like, shoot the three ball because we watched you during shoot-arounds and – Utes win. Yeah, and the, like the Utes win drill and stuff. And so we've seen you knock down that three. So anytime that a big was sagging off of you, I'd be like, Kelsey, please just shoot the ball. <laughs> coaches didn't want you to or anything, or if you didn't want to, but I'm ready for that next season. I'm ready to see some threes fly. Oh, uh, yeah. My siblings, when I went home um, just recently, they're like, we were just screaming on the TV. You're wide open. Why did you shoot it? <laughs> Going with the off-season question, though, is there anything else besides shooting and extending your range that you're really focusing on this off season to bring into the next season? Um, that's probably the main one offensively. And then defensively, it's just about getting stronger. I think last year I showed I got a lot better at like moving my feet and like guarding the guard off the switch. So definitely keeping working on that, but just getting stronger in the post and being able to, I think the only time, not even struggling, but against Texas, I was like, okay, like now I need to get a lot stronger because you come up against some people and that are just two times as strong as you and you're like, oh, like there's ways to work around it. And I was, I think I was lucky because in most games I could be um, smart and played the defense to my advantage. But in the Texas game, the game plan we were playing, I was like, oh, to play this style, it's definitely something I need to work on um, in the off season. So getting stronger, shooting three, and just continuing to finish well around the basket. One of our big storylines throughout our conversations during the season was when uh, you guys played Washington. The reason being is because your your sister Darcy is on that team. This is the second season that you've been able to play against Darcy. I'm sure you've played with her several, several times. I'd love to know what those matchups are like, um, not just for you, but for your family as well, to be able to have the opportunity to see both of you on the floor and competing at a high level. Um, my family especially love it because it means they don't have to have two screens going at once. They can just watch the one game. Um, and it's a big rivalry. Like we're up to one at the moment, but this is her last year, so hopefully we get to play them twice this season at least, um, and then hopefully we can get those wins and I can get that bragging right, so that'll be nice. Uh, but, yeah, it's um, such a big rivalry between us. Uh, when we were kids growing up in the backyard, we played one-on-one, um, and it would always end in, like, someone getting hurt or someone in tears or someone upset about something. Like, it was always a good matchup, but... Um, and then just trying to play against her at the college level is such an exciting thing and something I love doing. And I'm hoping she can recover from, she was injured a bit last season, so didn't get as many minutes when they played against us. So I'm hoping she can um, recover from that even more and get some minutes next year when we play them 
and hopefully we can show everyone the battle. When you were getting recruited, your sister playing at Washington, did that kind of influence your decision in coming to Utah, knowing that you guys would be in the same conference? It did. And just having watched her play in the Pac-12 um, for all the, uh, the two years, it really made me see that that was kind of uh, the competition I wanted to play in. Uh, compared to some of the schools on the other side of the country, it's a lot more like the international style where the bigs can shoot the three and like it's a little driving, it's fast paced. And like seeing her compete in the, um, this league was definitely something that drove me towards choosing Utah and going into a Pac-12 school. So. Speaking of choosing Utah, I'd love to know um, when you were first recruited by the U and you came over to Salt Lake City for the first time, what were your first initial thoughts of the city and then obviously of your visit up at the University of Utah? Um, initial thought was that it was cold. Um, it was snowing at the time I came visiting. And then the facilities were just crazy. Like, they're so nice. And um, just how big college sports is in America and Utah was my first visit so like really getting to experience that was yeah really nice and then all the players were nice like it just felt somewhere that you weren't like walking into in a bad way like it felt like people that were good and people that could really be your friends and become your family away from home because it's such a big decision moving to the other side of the world and you really need people that are going to make it easier and make it fun. Coming from Australia, you played international ball and then you come to the United States. I'm interested to know, is there a difference between basketball here in the United States compared to the Australian or international ball that you that you play? A little bit. I think um, back home and internationally, everyone's a lot more like interchangeable. Like if you're playing the four or the five, like you could play either at any time. And like in Utah, a lot of our plays are run for either the two or the three and they're always like on the same side. And I found that strange at first because like normally back home, it was just whoever runs to that side and runs to that side and we'll go from there. And then just like little things about the rules, like, um, there being four defenders in on foul shots and I found it so strange there was this one time we're in the middle of the game and the other team just called a timeout as I was dribbling up the floor I was like what is this how can this happen <laughs> but yeah still basketball just a little different now you do come from a very basketball heavy family both your parents played in the NBL how did they meet how did that all come together um, so my parents' names are Nicole and Paul, and uh, they met when dad was playing in Brisbane, um, and so was mom. She was also up there playing. Uh, and then it's actually really funny because um, one of my coaches at one of the first Australian development camps I went to, so that's when they pick like 30 athletes across Australia, and you, bring, you go into camp for like five days and train with everyone. So one of the coaches there, she introduced herself, and she's like, oh, I actually introduced your parents. <laughs> I was like, I did not know this, but fair enough. So, yeah, they met through her. Yeah. And they play basketball. My older sister, Dottie, plays basketball. And my two younger siblings also play. Um, but they also play other sports as well. So, so obviously, you're a giant basketball family. So, you eat, sleep, breathe basketball. But on the off chance that you guys aren't doing something basketball related, what does your family like to do together? They love going to the beach. 
uh, we live pretty close to a beach and we have um, for Christmas, one Christmas, my um, nan and pop bought us these paddle boards. Uh, so they love taking the paddle boards or the kayaks down to the beach and just, you know, hanging there. So that's what you guys like to do for fun. I'd love to know, Kelsey. I've never been to Australia before. You're from Adelaide, specifically from Glenelg North. I'd love to know if I were to visit or if we were to visit Adelaide or specifically Glenelg North, what are some specific sites that you would have to show us or uh, encourage us to go see over there? Uh, well, I'd encourage you to get down to the beach and get down to the Jetty Road. Um, and then I would encourage you to go to Adelaide Oval and catch an Australian footy game. Uh, so I'm a Port Power supporter, so no one over here is going to know that. But in Adelaide, there's two Australian football league teams, Adelaide and Port Power, and big rivalries. So go catch a Port game, um, go to a cricket game if you can. They would be the big ones that you have to have to do. And then obviously there's a whole range of other places that you could go as well. I do have a quick follow-up here. Fans from Salt Lake City would know a lot about Joe Ingles. Joe Ingles' wife, Renee, she's a legend for netball. Yes. What is netball? And can you describe that to us a little bit? Why did you choose basketball over netball? Well, I did play netball growing up. And talking about Joe Ingles' wife, Renee, she actually made a comeback the other day in Australia's Netball League, which was crazy, helped them get into the finals. So, um, so Netball is uh, very positional. The court is divided into three thirds. And at the two end thirds, there's like a semicircle, so to speak, and they have goals, but they don't have a backboard. You can't dribble. You can't move with the ball. You have, I think, three seconds to get the pass off. You can only defend within, it's like a meter and a half, so maybe six feet um, of the other player, but it's really fast paced. Um, lots of crazy athletic people, like the defenders can jump crazy. And I think it's a good watch. You got to watch it to understand because my explanation of that was not very good. But yes, kind of like basketball, they say it's a contactless sport, but it's not, there's plenty of contact. It's not quite the same. You just mentioned that you did play netball. Is there any other things that Utah fans might not know about you? Ooh. Well, growing up, I played a lot of sports, um, pretty much every sport under the sun. Um, netball, cricket, Aussie football. Um, but then in high school, when I started high school, I was on a rowing entry requirement. So throughout my first couple of years of high school, I did rowing was an interesting experience and then after that I left to go to Australian the Australian Institute of Sport which is um in Canberra Australia's capital uh and that's actually where I met Izzy Palmer she was there already when I got there and yeah crazy small world but yeah lived there for a couple of years got to train at some crazy facilities and with some high level coaches and, yeah I'd love to know because you uh so you played a lot of sports I assumed you watch a lot of sports as well. Um, is there a favorite athlete that you have and why is it that you admire this person? Oh, that's a tough one. Um, I go through phases, so to speak, of people that I like really enjoy watching. Um, and obviously Joe Ingles, he's an amazing player and him playing in Utah, him and Patty Mills, 
uh, some of Australia's great basketball players and great people too. Um, and then obviously you have like Lauren Jackson, Kayla George and all the other, um, Mariana Tolo, all the other um, great Australian basketball, female basketball players as well. And then, I don't know, I watch a lot of sports. I don't really have a favourite person at the moment, but they're, they're some of my favourites. Back when you're in Salt Lake and you may happen to have some free time away from basketball on the off chance that you do, where are some of the favourite places that you like to go or do you have any that you go to as a team? We are actually, we've made a pact to explore a bit more this summer because admittedly with COVID and everything, I haven't really got out of Salt Lake City much and got to explore much. But my favorite restaurant is this Venezuelan place down in town. I don't know what it's called. I'd have to look it up. And then as a team, I don't know, just anywhere where everyone's together, that's, there's good food. So last summer, I had an opportunity to go uh, and take part in the Olympics in Tokyo. I worked the basketball event. One huge takeaway from last year's Olympics was the incredible performance put on by the Australians men's national team. The women's team, they kind of struggled a little bit. We'll not talk about them right now. I'm really curious to know, as a fellow Australian, what did their third place finish in last year's Olympics mean to the country uh, of Australia? It was crazy because um, obviously they've got fourth a few times. They've been really close to meddling at some major events. And then they had all the pieces and there was just such an exciting team to watch. And they had such amazing values. And it really showcased what like basketball in Australia is really about, like the values of the people on that team, how... They were all about like equality for like women's sport and they um, included Patty Mills as a big advocate for Indigenous Australians in basketball um, and Joe Ingalls is obviously an ag- advocate for like children with disabilities and um, especially autism and just all of them and how well they played and how good sports they were and just everyone in Australia was watching. Like literally every single person in Australia I talked to was watching and paying attention. Um, And yeah, it was just such a huge moment for basketball in Australia. So if you were to open your cupboard right now, would there be a glass jar or something of Vegemite? Are you a fan? I am, I am. I do like Vegemite. I was having this conversation with someone else the other day. I think it's definitely something that's like, you either love it or you hate it. And it's something I have had since childhood and it kind of reminds me of home. So now when I have it, it like reminds me of home. So I enjoy it. So yes, it's very good. You have to know how to do it right though. Everyone going over to Australia is like, oh, I've got to try a Vegemite. Then they try it on the spoon. And like not many people can do Vegemite plain by itself on a spoon and enjoy it so if you're gonna have it you gotta do it right you're gonna toast your bread you're gonna put it on your bread you've got to put some cheese in it chuck it in the microwave and then try it so you can actually get the full actual proper Australian experience all right I'm going to end on this question and I always end on this question just because I love it and I think it's so important to get perspective from somebody who's actually done it before and that question is what is some advice 
that you would give to a young woman who wants to follow in your footsteps to play collegiate basketball? What must they do to reach that dream? Well, I think there's a couple of things I would say. The first is something that I'd already learned it before, but it solidified it throughout this year. Just when you're not playing, it's very easy to like get down and lose your confidence and not try as much in training. But it's so important in those times that you train just as hard as ever and you're working on your skills because you never know when it is your opportunity. And if you are given that opportunity and aren't able to take it um, because you haven't been training right, then it's something that you will have missed. So I think that and then definitely just being confident in your game, knowing you've put in the work, knowing your skills and having that confidence when you step on the floor and being a good teammate always helps when you're nice to other people. And then lastly, just have fun. It's serious. It's something I want to do a long time into the future and it's something I want to be really good at, but it's never that serious that it should make you anxious or like you should be sad about doing it like it's something you're meant to have fun with and you won't do as well if you're not able to enjoy it well kelsey thank you so very much appreciate you taking time to come on the podcast and allowing utah fans to get to know you better uh thanks for having me i gotta say um my men and pop listen to your podcast all the time so shout out to them they'll be very excited to listen to us chat what's their names give uh nan and pop a shout out uh, Vic and Diane. <laughs> there you go. Vic and Diane. Thank you for listening. Appreciate you. Thank you guys. Have a good night. And there she is, Kelsey Reese. What a great conversation with Kelsey. You know, I know you do joke about this with me a lot in regards to me going over to Tokyo last year to be part of the Olympics, but it was so great to be able to see Australia get that victory. And so you knew I had to ask her that question. Come on, Miley. Yeah. Anytime you have the chance to throw, oh, I went to the Olympics. You're going to. But I love when we talk to Kelsey about what she's trying to improve in, improve on during this off season, and that's shooting that three ball. And like I said while talking to her, every time we called the game and she was open, I, we were both begging, like, mm-hmm. Kelsey, shoot it. We know you can shoot it. We've seen it. So I'm excited for this next season to see if she strokes it a little bit more from deep. How funny was it that she mentioned that her family was saying the exact same things we were? Because it's true, because the defense was giving her so much space. You're just like, come on, Kelsey, find confidence in that shot. But when you look at her overall statistics, her career, she's only 3 of 30. She's only 10% from the three-point line. But like we've said so many times, we've seen her being able to knock down that three. She has the confidence in that shot. She just needs to find the confidence in that shot when it matters. I have no doubt if she's working on that this offseason that that confidence is going to come tenfold next season as we saw her gain confidence throughout the entire year. It started kind of in the middle of the season when she earned her starting role. Coach Roberts saw her progress, saw her get better, and then when it mattered the most in the Pac-12 tournament and in the NCAA tournament, she came alive. Her first career double-double was in the NCAA tournament against Arkansas when, like we've already stated, it mattered most. Going back to the three conversation, it's really hard to get in a rhythm when you only shoot maybe one a game. So if we can see her shoot a couple a game, I think that percentage will definitely go up. But like you were just mentioning, it was fun to see Kelsey progress and get better over the season because I remember earlier in the season when she was that third string post player, we kind of were wondering what's Kelsey's role going to be on this team? How does she fit into this? But 
sad to see injuries come into the program, but Kelsey was able to step up and it was fun to see her grow and get stronger and get better, especially playing against great post players in the conference like Niara Sobley or like Cameron Brink and then carrying that into the NCAA tournament. And I love how she mentioned as well that she's going to have to get a little bit more strength. We saw just how strong, how physical those Texas posts were in our final game of the season. I mean, I think she understands that if she wants to get to that level, she's going to have to be an absolute warrior in the gym. And so it's going to be fun to see what she does this offseason to see if that is something she focuses on as well. It was also really interesting. I, If you remember, in the Arkansas game, we had talked about Kelsey and talked about how both of her parents played in the NBL, her mom in the WNBL. So I was extremely curious to know how it is that her parents met each other. Kind of cool that they met through a basketball coach and they were able to obviously get married, have kids, and and have a huge basketball family, which, Miley, you come from a basketball family yourself. Yeah, not as great as Kelsey's family is playing professionally and all in college, but yeah, me and my siblings all growing up, we all played basketball. That's kind of what we all did to bond. We all watch it. So it's always fun to hear about families that have basketball or a sport be the center of their life about something that they can bond and relate to. All right, so now, Miley, I'm a little interested to know this question from you. You've already asked Kelsey now about Vegemite. I've got no doubt you're going to ask Izzy about Vegemite. Why Vegemite? Have you tried it? And is there a reason that you asked that question? I remember going on visits to colleges, and there were some Aussies on some teams, and they took me to their dorm or their apartment where they were, and the, one of the first things they pulled out was Vegemite. And that that's what they lived and breathed on. Like, that was it. That's what they wanted from home. So I'm just interested to know if that's for all Aussies, if that's something that they rely on when they come here. So for Kelsey, it definitely was. She, she said that that's her go-to on toast with cheese. And so I'm interested to see if Izzy's kind of the same way. You know, I do find it extremely interesting about the way that Australians seems to just have so much pride for their country. In the communications that I've had with Izzy and with Kelsey, you know, you can just tell the love that they have for their country. And I think it's just so admirable. I, you know, not that I don't have love for our country, but it just seems as though we as Americans have kind of lost the pride that we have for the country. Whereas Australians, Miley, we can see in the people that we have the privilege of being close to, we can see the pride and the love that they have for their country. I know I always give you crap for going to the Olympics (laughs) and seeing the Australian team win bronze for basketball, but it is also super cool that we being in Salt Lake, we've got to see Joe Ingles play and kind of follow him and his family's story. So we see him kind of develop and grow in Utah and be able to win that bronze medal for Australia and just how much it meant to the team. And I kind of root for Australia just because of that Joe Ingle tie and being from Utah and him playing here for so long, although he doesn't play here now. But it was cool to see Joe and the Australians win that. And it's cool to hear Kelsey and probably when we talk to Izzy, talk about the love that they have for Australia and just what it means to them to be an Aussie. The one thing that stood out when we were talking about that is she was saying that literally everybody in the country was watching it, which is which which doesn't surprise me one bit. Whereas you talk to Americans and you feel like not many people cared too much about that. Not that I didn't feel that that team that won gold this last year. Not that I don't feel that they um, that they appreciated it because it definitely you could definitely feel it. But there was a difference between when the Aussies won the bronze and they were awarded those medals 
to when the Americans won the gold. It just, it, it just, there was just a different feeling in that arena. It was very noticeable. And again, just the pride and the love that Aussies have for their country is just incredible to me. And I'm super grateful to have, you know, people like Kelsey who are right here in our own backyard that can talk about that love for their country the way that she does. And that's where we'll wrap up today's episode. So again, a huge shout out to Kelsey Reese for coming on the podcast today and sharing with us kind of more about who she is and allowing us and Utah fans to get to know her better. A quick reminder, each and every single Monday, we'll try to get a new episode out to you. So please make sure to tune in each and every single episode. Thank you so very much for tuning in. Again, big thank you to Kelsey Reese. For Miley Enger, I am Tyson Ewing. This is the What You Need to Know podcast.